Hey everyone. Hi everyone. Welcome to Still Moments of Jesus podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today we are particularly talking to people who are just coming to the faith or have been in the faith for a while or just have lingering questions. This podcast is to help encourage your relationship with God and we are both two seminary graduates who hope that our knowledge can help you all. Yeah, we really do hope this time that you spend with us will truly be eye-opening and it will challenge you to ask questions and even spend time to engage with your local past, religious, religious leader, your pastor, uh, even us. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Remember, our website is and email is stillmomentswithjesus at gmail.com. Yeah, so let's get started. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. This is this is the perks of working with your, with, your, with a significant other. Yes. With your spouse. Yes. Uh, for more context, if you don't know us, uh, I am a I would say baby Christian, newly formed. I went to seminary where I met my wonderful husband, who I'm sitting across from right now. You should say how wonderful I am. Okay. <laughs> Get on. Uh, but with that being said. I really would say going even into seminary, I really didn't understand who Jesus was, anything about the text, so I I was fresh to the faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I only recently, due to the thanks that I have of my husband and others around who supported me, have found my love for Christ. Mm-hmm. And amen I, to that. Yes, amen to that. And my understanding. Well, my wonderful husband, Brian, has completed three different seminary degrees and right. is an expert both in Greek and Hebrew. Right. But our topic for today, what we really want to discuss is because we're coming from such different points of views, which will be a, a huge part of this channel as well. Right. And experiences. Yes. Experiences and upbringings. Yes. Uh, yeah. Is help. We wanted today to really focus in on tips and tricks to kind of read the text, especially if you're new to the faith, like I am. Now, I found some ways that I love to do it, and Brian also has other ways that he would love to do it. So I wanted mm. to discuss with him first and foremost, if you're newer to the faith, what is the best book in the Bible to start out with, and why? I'd say if you're not feeling too intimidated by it, go right into Genesis. <laughs> start from the beginning. That's the best. That's the best thing I, I'd say. I I kind of have a bias for for Genesis, the first five books, the Pentateuch, or the Tor- or the um, Torah, or as some would like to call it, the first five books of Moses or the books of Moses. So Genesis will give you like the pretty pretty much a good backdrop to what's going on in the rest of the text, and the rest of the Bible. And for me, I'd say anyone coming in. Uh, to best understand it, you have to start from the beginning. Uh, it's kind of like being thrown in the middle of season seven of a great TV show, but not knowing why Jared is in love with Becky, and it just doesn't make sense. Uh, but that's why you have to go to the beginning. You never know if they were childhood, you know, sweethearts. But yeah, but just going back to the beginning gives you like a good context against which to kind of get a good sense of what's going on narrative-wise and poetically because there are different book there are different types of genres in the bible right so you have poetry you have um, narratives you have all the other types of literature you know just displayed in front of you but to best understand their richness and what they have to offer that's one way to go 
Now, I hear what you're saying. I really do. But for someone like me who's fresh in, I gotta tell you how many times I just got bored by the time I got to the Tower of Babel, right? Or just mm. did not really feel confused or how does this even relate to me and what does that got to do with Jesus? Mm. So as someone, advice for being in this for so long, mm. of what joy do you get out of reading Genesis? Or if I'm not really into the text or not even really know it and get confused about Cain and Abel, how do I even... How do I push past those things? Or is there a way? Or is it... What would you recommend? Wow, that's a wonderful question. I think it'd be fair to say that reading the text should be an adventure in and of itself that both wows you and astounds you and makes you pause for a second, which is exactly what the text is doing from the get-go. get, from the get -go. Um, And this is where I'd say, if you're in the West, if you're out in the US, you're in the Americas, the, or Canada, this would be one of those challenges you should take, or Europe, you know, this is one, this is a challenge that I'd pose to anyone who's reading the text. Try and read it without Western eyes. Um, and go back into the context of the other texts and religious laws and ideas back in the day within which the Bible, you know, kind of found its fruition and, and development as a text, religious text. A lot of the times you'd find that the stories start out, like creation stories start out with this idea of the gods fighting against these elemental forces of like chaos and in subduing chaos, that's how we were able to have uh, this scenario where human humanity was able to emerge and come out as like a byproduct of this defeat. But then at the same time, these gods have been in a perpetual you know, struggle between chaos and order they bring order but chaos still kind of wants to reign so it's going to be in like this tidally locked type of situation where both the god and chaos seem to be equally matched and have to fight to keep things in order just for creation to exist uh the bible sets out the way you think you the way it does right and in a way that you wouldn't necessarily expect to hear in the beginning god creates the heaven and the earth it's point blankly telling you God didn't fight anything to bring things into fruition. God just brought it into fruition. God just created uh, because he could. Like, nothing seems to be in opposition to God's action in the whole of Genesis. And that is a very wild concept for anyone who's reading it back in that time. Um, but it also gave you a good idea of the scope and magnitude and power of this divine deity that we now call God. Or Elohim in the Hebrew as you're coming into the book of Genesis. And that is what brings in the excitement of reading the text. Okay. But what happens if I only have 15 minutes in my day and I can't necessarily look up the Epic of Gilgamesh, right? Or I don't even know what the Epic of Gilgamesh is until I went to seminary. Like, how? <laughs> I guess what I'm asking is for that person who's like truly that fresh off the boat, hasn't had just had their first experience with jesus mm. doesn't know mm. where to start mm. they get into genesis they're yeah. looking they see some excitement but then you get into kind of the thick weeds of genesis right give me an example give me an example so, okay so it's great to have an example yeah no problem i got my bonnet and my bible so i'm ready to go guys i have a sense of what what you're talking about but i, I need a good example okay so for example if i go all the way to let's say I've gone past, I've gotten the flood, 
narrative and mm. I'm going into like Abraham's journey to Egypt, right? Mm. I think Abraham's journey for Egypt as a newer Christian was not only difficult and kind of like long-winded in some ways to read, but it's a right. challenge for me as well because there's the whole Sarah issue mm. where he's basically saying, hey, like that's not my wife, that's my sibling, but where is my wife? How, how then in situations when after you kind of read and maybe you feel something, but the, there's that discomfort there as well. How do you handle the discomfort of the text, of reading things, especially when it's not the beautiful poetry of Genesis 1-1? First and foremost, I'd love, I'd, I'd love to thank you for just bringing that up as an example. My wonderful wife. Oh, thank but you. Two, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> But two, the other thing that you have to note, even as you've raised that question, is that there's, an, there's a sense of awe and questioning that comes with, as you're reading the text. Mm. Why is this, this, and this, and this? That is a wonderful question to have as you're coming and approaching the text. That is a wonderful question to have. Do not be, do not be discouraged by people who say, just believe it for the sake of believing. Try, try your very best to just go into it. I'll give you a personal example. So in high school, I kind of had a crisis of faith of my own, uh, where, and as anyone listening knows, I'm from Kenya, my wife is from the US, um, and, you know, just growing up in our different backgrounds, we have very interesting experiences, just of faith, life, and everything else. So growing up, one of the things that I wrestled with is that I couldn't ask questions about the, about the Bible in some circles because it was perceived of as like questioning or challenging God. Um, and so I ended up realizing that I, much of what I believed was some stuff I believed because of my parents, not because I had myself figured out and learned that I needed faith for my, of my own. And so I, tried, I, I started to go into the text, right? So I started to read the Bible on my own. I even tried to get into Hebrew and Greek and learn it at that stage because I couldn't learn biblical Hebrew and Greek at school. So... I had to find Bibles and like other resources from like pastor friends who had like all these learning materials and use that. And I had discovered a few things as I went in. One, the text is vastly rich and wealthy and when it comes to just the stories, how they are laid out, the the beauty and, and irony of people's faultedness and how God works in those moments. The thing I love about the text and uh, that I've come to appreciate, especially as I read the Old Testament, God is not shy <laughs> about dealing with people who are, for lack of a better word, like really bad. <laughs> um, and that's something that I've come to learn is the beauty and awe. Like the Old Testament shows me how much we need to have these conversations about God because having not done having not ha not having any of these conversations keeps us away from truly understanding a little more about what god has to offer because if we only hear a polished version of jesus or god's act acts in history then we won't be confident enough to trust him mm. at our worst times yeah if you're not vulnerable enough you're a significant other and i'm looking at my wife right now and moments of of pain of weakness of uh, vulnerability if, if I can be vulnerable with her now trust me I cannot mm. be vulnerable with her at my best mm. I can't trust at my very worst either so that's the thing that Old Testament opens you up to 
the questions of why is this the case? Why is Sarah, why is she having to go through this experience with Abraham? In as much as popular theology and popular thought out there would have us believe that Abraham was perfect all through. But that is not always the case. And the text shows you that. So Very human beings, fault, very faulted. So in the examples of Sarah and recently yeah. for me, David and Solomon, right? Right. Uh, and Abraham Mm. do you feel I feel like there's always been like this comparison that I have to be perfect like Abraham right but then when I read about Abraham he's not perfect whatsoever right so as a person who's a believer as someone who also came from more conservative background what does that look like and how do you talk to someone about that that I, the the fact of the matter is that Abraham David everyone was not was right. still loved by God but definitely were not perfect <laughs> right first I'd, I'd want to clarify something I love that question but I'd like I'd love to clarify something whether conservative or liberal this is the answer that the text expects of you it's faith the example of Abraham and what you're supposed to imitate is his faith it's not his actions with with Sarah, it's not how he behaved as a human being. It's how he trusted God. Mm. When he heard from God, 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 you know, he, sorry, when he heard from God, he acted on what God told him to do. He didn't mm. change it from the left or from the right. He really did stick by what he heard and learned. Mm. Uh, and as crazy as it was, just, you know, as crazy sounding as it was for him. And you have to remember, Abraham pretty much comes from um, a background where it would have been a very strange concept for a god to approach someone like him mm. who does not come from like any priestly family he comes from a more nomadic background and he's the father of the nation we see God create called Israel mm. and Abraham so here's the one thing about Abraham to note so Abraham has this question with God right not to make too much of a long story about the long minute story about this, but the long and short of, of the stories is with Abraham. Abraham has, has this conversation with God in the text, and you can read it as you go into um, the Old Testament in Genesis. And God tells him, the reason why I chose you is because you will te- you teach your family everything that I've already taught you, mm. and I can entrust you with what I show you, because I know you're going to take it and and you know, shared with those who are among you. And so God trusts Abraham each time for that reason. Mm. And that's something we need to take to heart, even as we reflect on the text and look at figures like Abraham. Yes, go ahead, sorry. What does monomatic mean? <laughs> what is? Mono, you said mono something with Abraham. Oh, sorry. I, I, I spaced out on that one. Okay, that's okay. Mono... Oh, oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I you oh, did I mean like when Abraham came from like a more um, polytheistic background? Yes. Okay. So okay. Okay. Abraham, Abraham coming from a more ba- a background that did not have like a singular God who's mm. God of everything. I'm just proud my yeah. husband knows how to use big words. It's very nice. It's very fancy. And not monotheistic. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Thank my you. bad. <laughs> Sorry to all of you listening. <laughs> it's not so far. We'll get better at this. You're good. <laughs> yeah. 
do you want to know my theories on how to read the text? No, go, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, ask, ask, go ahead. No, how do you process those, those stories as you're going, getting into them? I... I would say, so coming up from my background, uh, if, uh, I came from a very like hippy dippy church, if that makes sense. Uh, like a lot of just, yeah, like if you think hippies from Colorado, that was my church growing up, right? <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in both positive and negative ways, right? Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, I think that a lot of times the text wasn't really talked about or if they think it was uncomfortable or awkward or just didn't feel right in the way of what society, how the church and other people thought society should run. It would just be kind of in a way edited out or not mm. shown or not talked about. And the more I've read, mm. the more I've kind of been like, wow, there's a lot of stuff that I really love and enjoy. And I love to see Jesus in this light of this very humanistic, just being being sinless but still human is it, mm. just it, it gives you that connection that i felt that i missed my entire childhood mm. so that being said i think my favorite places to start if you're new and fresh that have helped me is mm. i start out particularly with both reading the new testament and the old testament simultaneously and i'm right. but i'm saying one thing i think people get pressured in is that they have to rush through the text no yeah take yeah. your time right i think exodus can like not exodus but the first five books of the bible can get a little like overwhelming overwhelming yeah. and you're like what is going on here but i would say what i my first my text i try to start out with have helped me the most or john yep going into acts in my mm -hmm. New Testament, because it gives you a layout of what the heck else is happening in the New Testament post the Gospels, mm -hmm. right? So it's super helpful. Like, And then John is the most, I would say, detailed of all the Gospels that gives you like an easier mm -hmm. reading form for me personally, right? Right. And then for me, what I greatly enjoy, especially if you're trying to look spiritually, is reading Samuel, but also reading... Samuel, before you read the Psalms, because yeah. first and second, the Psalms don't make sense unless you're reading first and second Samuel. And I did the reverse. That's true. And I got to tell you, the confusion that I had on why David was crying so much and was so upset didn't make sense until I really understood first and second Samuel, right? Yeah. And I would argue, and I would honestly argue that also first and second Samuel onto Kings, yeah, uh, is better than Game of Thrones. Wow. It just the drama, the the wow. this stuff that's a huge statement it is right it's a it's way better than game of thrones game that's of thrones a, that's a huge statement. especially last season game of thrones it's way wow. better just saying i uh, in the audience caught that <laughs> but it, it 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 really has this drama but i think it just does okay it's just wow. better. <laughs> so but with that being said for me that's where you should start mm. because it's just easier and it wraps my mind around things and it leads you into other things. I don't think, it, like Elijah and it, and everyone else don't make sense mm. when you don't have those precursors going on, right? Mm. But I will ask uh, for you, because I know for me, yeah. I would say that even sometimes like in John and Acts, mm. uh, there will be moments where... The New Testament, huh? New Testament, New Testament, Old Testament, just anywhere in the text... Yeah. Because we're now part of that cultural world and there's a lot of misunderstanding. Mm. And sometimes I only have 15 minutes in my day. Mm. When you hit a text that's harder and maybe doesn't highlight the Holy Spirit or just a loving God or just this perfection idea of who God is that's been kind of added 
Hmm. What is what's your go to for when you're like, oh no, I don't like this text, or this is hard for me, or challenging? Hmm. Oh, that's a very good question. I'd say, for me, it's it's not that the text isn't talking about it the whole time. Hmm. It actually is. Um, there's a very interesting statement in the Book of Revelation that the Lord God of the spirits of the prophets has revealed to us these things. Hmm. Uh, and these words are these words are trustworthy and true, uh, and that's at the end of Revelation. I think this is Revelation twenty-two, uh, towards the end, mm. and it reminds me that it's not that God isn't present in any of those verses that seem not to talk about these specific subjects, but He really is. But the text is trusting you to actually see in your own lived lived experience as you trust in God mm -hmm. something more that the text was trying to tell you about mm. as you're reading the story or an example or a testimony or a uh, a scenario provided to you in the text mm -hmm. the idea is you're supposed to be able to use it as a reference as well like hey is this a very familiar thing to the text or is this something that's too foreign to mm. the text and being able to understand that God is at work at all times. Because you'll find this text in the New Testament that he's always working for us, even when we don't see it. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that we need to understand, even as we approach the text. Or if we don't understand it, just make the prayer of Peter, that Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's catchy. Uh, and mind you, this is, uh, this is a verse, a text take, taken from the time Peter uh, walked on water with Jesus. But Peter looked around and doubted because it was the middle, in the middle of a storm. And he, he sank. He said it's sinking into the water. Mm. And he cries out saying, Lord, help me, help me. Jesus mm. helps him back up and Jesus looks at him and says, Peter, why did you doubt? Mm. And then he says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm. And I feel like many Christians are like that today, but are a little too fearful of what general popular Christianity is going to say. He's yeah. going to say to them or about them. And that's something you have, to, you have to remember. You can be vulnerable with this God. So I'll go back to this thing again. This idea of vulnerability and comfort and just uh, confidence in this God that you've come to talk to and trust and ask questions and cry to and like yell and just be able to just be you. Because remember, he, he wants to have that relationship with you. Mm. He wants to have that relationship with you. Uh, even when you don't see it, that's a that's the thing that I really appreciate about the text. Uh, plus, here's a wild 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 idea I'm going to throw back to you, Maya. Mm. Have you noticed that God had been seeking you out before you even came to the text to actually realize that oh, this is something that He's talked about in the Bible, but I've actually lived through it myself. Mm. That He was looking for you before you even understood what was in the Bible. Yeah. 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 I would say most definitely yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I, personally, I'll give an example of just when I was younger and I was scared and I used to have nightmares. Right. Uh, and I talked to my therapist about it later on, mm. even as an adult, mm -hmm. uh, still being scared <laughs> having mm -hmm. nightmares. Uh, <laughs> no more nightmares, right? No more, no more okay. nightmares. No more nightmares anymore. Just, just making sure. But uh, she taught me that, hey, you need to have a practice of something that will calm you down. Right. And it just came to me that I should just do kind of like a mini 
hand cross, like a little, mm. like as if it was a, you know, an right. Anglican or Catholic, right? Right. And every single time I would do that cross, all those nightmares, scariness, the, the night wasn't dark anymore, mm. right? And mm. when I read like stuff like John 1, when he talks about like, yeah, Jesus is that light. Mm-hmm. And that darkness never overcame that light, right? Yep. I know that now, but mm. back then it was just even having that little hand sign that just came upon me that really calmed me down, right? right. So I do think that Jesus is always looking for you and, and really is seeking for you even in this moment, whatever moment you all might be in. Or mm-hmm. if you're like a Christian that's been around doing this for the past 25 years, 30 years of your life, or, right. or if right. you're just seeking God and just happened upon this podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you never know who's listening, right? And we, we don't know what someone's story is. Yeah. And I think this, the hard thing about being Christian in particular is the assumption that people mm. aren't being pursued by God, yeah. whether they're believers or not believers. Because yeah. you have to remember, it's not like God suddenly wins your heart and takes a back seat and is like, okay, I'm going to pop a beer here and, <laughs> and forget about you. Because yeah. I already have you. No, God's actively pursuing ways to actually show you that he is with you. Mm. And he wants to work with you in like sharing his love, light, and his kingdom, and, and this earth. And help heal things. Yeah. Because the world hasn't really known what Christ is capable of until Christians truly wake up to what God has in store for them. Mm. In trusting him, in having faith. Because all these things have become really nice words to talk about in church or in Christian circles. Yeah. But they're really things that people have been challenged on to actually practice. But you know what's crazy? Anyone who's ever taken up the challenge has actually changed the world. Whether you like them, whether you don't. Anyone who's ever taken up the challenge has actually made such a ripple, has actually had such a ripple effect on, on how we see and live life today. That we wouldn't have had some experiences, global phenomenon, with, phenomena without them. Mm. Um. I'll state this as, a, as an example, it being Black History Month in the U.S. Um, we would not have had conversations between King and Gandhi and, and the other Indians, you know, and the students in India, had Gandhi not said that there's things that Christians believe in, but they do not practice, mm. and we should try it. And one of those major themes that he saw, he saw as a thing to try is a very wild one, but it was, if you're enemy slaps you on one cheek hmm. this is one of Jesus' teachings in the gospels give him the other one as well yeah and literally that is how they started out their protest hmm. and then that led to peaceful protests and marches king saw the influence and inspiration of that and used that as his basis in his theology and in his practice of in the civil rights uh, efforts back in the u.s and that's how we have some things that are now a conversation piece in politics. It's very true. It's very true. <laughs> but that's that, that's someone. That's something, mm. someone would not have done if they had not already had an admiration. And history is littered with people who admire Jesus's mm. teachings. They may not believe the whole other thing to him, but admire his teachings greatly and feel like the things that if they were practiced, that would change a lot. Yeah. In this world, yeah, I, I was going to. I was about to ask you mm, on like helpful tools to like deepen in the text, whether that be like blue letter Bible, 
Right, uh, right, 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 right. Or right, other right, right. things. Blue Light Bible, shout out, because it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's online. If you creators ever stumble across this channel, please support us. <laughs> <laughs> We've been marketing you to friends. Blue Letter Bible? Yeah, Blue Letter Bible. Or do you mean Bible? No, Blue Letter Bible. Okay. Well, yeah, I love absolutely. You. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no, trust me, I'm, I'm on the same wavelength. Yeah. Uh, but also, I, I think something that maybe I didn't expect to kind of lift up right now is how there's a lot of effort in a way you have to put into Christianity, but then not at the same time, if that mm. makes sense. on Because I feel like some a stumbling block that I can get into is, like, I will look up stuff from, like, the Bible Project, right. Blue yeah. Letter Bible, all these other things, research the things. Because I was in school partly, but even before that, like, it, yeah. it just kind of still clouded my stuff. So yeah. for me, my question is to you, and this might be wrong and just helpful on my part mm. is the thing that I've noticed the most that, that helps me and connects me with God is prayer and then just reading the text as is. Do you, oh, oh, wow. What do you mean as is? Uh, I guess, no, I, I have a bunch of different study Bibles. Right. Like I have, uh, I have like, I'm holding the Amplified Bible yeah. right, right now. I have N.T. Wright's Bible. I have... The ESV, the study ES, Bible. ESV study Bible for yeah. literature. We have Greek and Hebrew books all around, right? Mm -hmm. The house and all these other study Bibles. But I think the Amplified helps in a way or books that have little foot, uh, Bibles that have little footnotes. But sometimes I feel like just reading a story or just reading these people as they are in these moments, mm. even without reading the footnotes, mm. Or it, it helps the amplified helps the most because it's like an easy go-to right but that and then just prayer just sitting down has been the best way for me to connect to the holy spirit and connect to god right but for someone new do you think that's just possibly me <laughs> or is is what would your recommendations be that's, that's a fascinating take because i'd say trying to understand the bible first before you go into any other person's commentary Trying to understand the Bible first, sorry, uh, before trying to read anyone else's commentaries and, and like explanations of the text is very handy. Because you want to come into the Bible, you want to come in reading through the use of several translations, through the use of several translations to figure out, hey, is this particular chapter that I'm reading now or book that I'm reading now uh, is it saying what I think it's saying? Am I getting the same sense that I'm picking up on whenever I read, let's say, John chapter 1? And I read so many translations. There's the Amplified, there's the um, ESV, there's the NRSV, there's the ASB, then the NASB, there's the Jerusalem Bible. There's the, you have so many Bibles to choose from. You have the Message Bible. And you have to keep in mind that each of these translations are going to be very handy to you as someone just starting out than it would for someone just then it would be for you to just go into commentaries and just hear someone's thoughts on something first because going in directly just to try and read the story and understand it on your own is going to help you ask questions mm. and ask good questions mm. about the text because that's when commentaries that's when other study aids for the bible come in handy mm. but you have to first get a good sense of what's going on on your own mm. 
and that's how you know how to like search for the right aids and tools and other materials that would be very helpful for your own time as you're studying the bible but i'd say but i'd say i'd say um it is a joy it is also wonderful to have those conversations with friends or people who you feel uh take time and really do read the bible and they're very knowledgeable in it and who would be open to have those conversations if those people are available if those, for, if they are if they are absolutely yeah. yes absolutely if they are available uh, for that as always still moments of jesus that again still moments of jesus at gmail.com is our email address uh please write us questions please write us any queries that you have about um anything to do with bible any book recommendations or commentary recommendations any one of those pieces would be a delight for us to actually you know provide for you and help you along your own faith journey and, mm-hmm. and quest journey yes. when it comes to everything pertaining to the text yes yeah oh sorry my you had something on your mind i can see you looking uh, i yeah. guess my thing is is we're talking about commentaries right and we're talking mm. about people's ideas and influences of certain texts mm. i know that i first pray whenever i'm researching something before mm. i start researching for mm. god to guide me Mm. and but also if i'm like still new not even newer but just how do you tell a good commentary or a good resource for the bible because i feel like even stuff that's academic can be clogged up by people's own theology right Mm. and their own ideas of what particular texts are saying especially controversial ones right Mm. and how do you how do you then after all this time and doing all this research, really find places where you're like, yeah, that's a good source for someone to know about something that's not biased on either side of the aisle. I love, I love that, I love that question. Uh, but truth be told, even from an academic standpoint, everything is biased. A writer will always write only from their point of reference. Um, someone translating some text will also write from their point of reference or from their denomination's point of reference or from their um um how do you call it there's a name for this sorry people sorry everyone i'm forgetting this technical term but there is always going to be a bias Mm. going in that does not do much to harm the message of the text per se as it does harm the 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 conclusive um uh, thoughts and ac- points of action that you're going to take away from reading the Bible. What do I mean by this? The Bible has been used to propagate ideas that you should maintain slaves. Mm. Right? The Bible has also been used to propagate the idea that women cannot be in any positions of power or authority. Mm. Um, and this comes from cultural ideas. And now... This is where a sensitive point is hit, right? Does the Bible protect cultural norms or does it transform cultural norms? And in saying so, if you fall in the latter, then that means the Bible transforms the individual and how they approach and view the world and how they engage others. And as I mentioned earlier, the world has yet to see what are transformed and engaging a person who is truly committed to, the, to, the, to God and, and his mission looks like. Mm. I think we're still very caught up in uh, the idea of empire, the idea of uh, we want our own cultural ideas and norms, we our own ethnic, racial, tribal 
like all these things to be the safety nets that we lean on but never got under god's hand i've always loved the idea c.s lewis uh, uh, posits to us in uh, the chronicles of narnia when he's talking about aslan he says aslan's good right aslan's just not safe mm. and he doesn't play it safe so and that's something that i think we struggle with as people we love the comfort if you come from the if you come from the background where you believe in evolution you will appreciate that fact that the fact that uh, we as human beings have conditioned ourselves to understand that living in herds living in some type of like a concla- kind of like a conclave with others who think like us is safety mm. we are conditioned to think that way <laughs> Uh, yeah. If you come from over creationist space, you know very well that we find ourselves pretty much caught up in the idea that we ourselves are the source of reason and meaning and purpose and everything else in the world. Nothing else truly matters except what our opinion is and experience is. Uh, and that is still where we fall. So either way, whichever way you choose to come and approach this and slice it, we need help. And And God's beautiful way of revealing himself to us was not through giving us more laws no but it is by giving us this telling us a story Mm. and then inviting us into the story through jesus and here's the beauty of the whole thing we're now called to do this thing where we are supposed to live in relationship but if you look at the world right now what are we struggling with right now the most i don't know relationship And this doesn't just have to do with with families. This is clans. These are are tribes. Mm. These are uh, whole communities. These are whole people groups. These are ethnicities at Mm. war and in conflict. These are people with histories that need to be reconciled. These are people with racial, ethnic, economic issues. These are nations going against nations type of issues. We've seen Israel and Palestine. We've seen Ukraine and Russia right now. Yeah. But it's relationship. The hardest thing for people to actually do and master is relationship. Mm. But that is the way God has chosen to work with us. Because mm. that is what we were made for. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. It's just one of those things where. Uh, if we are so bad at relationship, yeah, and I don't know, maybe my answer to this when I automatically hear you say that is that no matter the text helps supports and but prayer is really that key to relationship, right? Would that be something that you agree with, or can I still find that relationship in a commentary by, you know? Commentaries are great. Think of commentaries like this. Commentaries are like a good show that you watched or watch that gives you some very helpful tips as to how to date some guys as you're growing as you're growing up. It's 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 kind of like that. It's kind of like a, a good dating show advice. It <laughs> is kind of like dating show advice. Like do this, do this, do this. But and this and this is what happens. This is the general idea of, of dating like a guy or a girl, mm-hmm. right? But in truth. You know what that commentary can't answer? What? The questions you are specifically looking for. Mm. 
And that's where you turn to prayer. And that is where I'd say prayer is helpful. Mm. Your own inquisitive nature approaching the text. Remember what, remember how we started this? You coming to the text asking asking questions is the best way to do this. That's how I approach the text. That's how I've grown in my own faith and in mm. trusting God. Because I've come to learn God doesn't turn you away or turn you aside mm. as you come in asking. Because the book of Hebrews reminds me, and sorry to be a Bible nerd on this one, and on be a, very quoting on a this Bible one. podcast, very you're, you're upset like about being a Bible nerd. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, but but there's a very basic idea that the person who comes to God in Hebrews 11, that the person who comes to God must first believe that He exists, mm. and that He rewards everyone who diligently seeks Him. Mm. So it's not just that you're coming to God and just knowing that there's a God. The idea is that as you come to know Him. He is rewarding you each time you come, you pursue him. Hmm. And truth be told, it's not like Christianity is like a sudden, like we know everything. Yeah. No. Like we know everything about God. No, this is a deeper understanding. We get to have a deeper understanding of what's going on with our relationship with God and what God is trying to do. Hmm. So now you're immersed in this. You have the insider knowledge, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, and you're now trying to make the most of your own existence on earth. Like you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I best become a, an agent for change? How do I become... It, it'll, it'll show itself differently in different people according to their calls, according to what God's put in their heart. How do I best help others through like uh, nursing them to health? So someone become nurses. How do I best serve some people by giving them food and all that, whatever. So someone is going to build up and create a nurse, uh, homeless shelter mm. or a soup kitchen. It depends on how God chooses to work and stir that gift in you to actually be there in the world and actually help. But that's something that we won't see until we ask the question, God, if you're here, if Mm. you love us, you tell me you love us in the Bible, then where is my story? Where am I supposed to be in the midst of all of this? Hmm. that's always going to be the question. Because you have to remember, the text is as much talking about Abraham and Sarah as it is about you. Hmm. Tell me more. <laughs> it is very much a story about you. You'll notice you're going to get upset and angry with some characters. Yeah. You're going to get really frustrated with some people that you can't read. Mm-hmm. You're going to get absolutely frustrated with some ideas that you're going to read in the text. And that's fine. I think the thing that's really sad is when some theologians and scholars say that we should ignore some texts Mm. as you grow up hearing. And this is just for me, just being someone who reads the whole thing and enjoys reading it. Because if you take away the bad, or the supposed bad, then you miss out on seeing how God is intending to work for good to get us out of that Mm. negativity. Because you'll notice a lot of the time in the text, when things go wrong, it's not because God's put, told the people to do anything. It's because people choose to do things. <laughs> <laughs> no one told anyone, hey, go kill those children. Mm. But it's those finite, it's those details. It's those details. And I, and I would say that, to your point, it's really... And even when there's a murder... We have to figure out why, what's going on here. Yes. It's, it, and as uncomfortable as it is, we need to find out what is going on here and what was going on at this time. Ooh. Yeah. One more recommendation I have for newer Christians before we head out here. 
my go-to thing that I will repeat over and over again is do not just read one tiny passage of the text, even though that seems the easiest. Mm. I think the the worst thing that you can do, <laughs> the worst thing you can do is Why not... Do you say that? No, I'm because it messes up every single time. It messed me up for years. Is first off, start with the beginning of the chapter. Don't go in the middle because you'll just be confused. You're lost. It's like if you went and read like a any other book, right? And mm-hmm. you just plopped yourself in uh, the beginning of like uh, I don't know, the color purple or yeah, uh, like you name it, Catcher in the Rye, especially like, like Catcher in the Rye, right? Like you mm-hmm. plop yourself in the middle of Catcher Rye, you'd be so lost. Well, I guess in the beginning you wouldn't be lost, but at some point you're going to be lost, right? Right. Uh, so my my go-to, my, my hope and prayer for everyone today is as you're going out throughout your day, whether you're listening to this on a drive, in your house, or wherever you are, right. is that just, first off, re- start from the beginning of each book. Mm. I don't care which book it is, got to do the beginning. Don't plop in the middle. <laughs> and then after that... Read a yeah. passage fully, yeah. and if you don't understand, read the passage beforehand and read the passage after. Yeah. For you to really get an understanding of what's going on, because a right. lot of times I notice I'm like, oh, I missed that one thing, because right. I went into my own like, you know, right, you know, imagination land at yeah. the moment I was reading. Right. We all do it. Yeah. Because, but it's when you just like take the little like quote right. Or the little like thing of just like, oh, well, I saw that the text said this, and then a bunch of people were killed. Well, why? Because mm. there's going to be answers to the question. There's always, I have not been in the text yet. I've not been reading yet and still not fi- figuring out yeah. the why this happened or how this happened. Now, sometimes you're like, I just don't agree with this. And that's totally okay. Right. I, th- I think the, the beauty of the text is it's supposed to help you push you t- and help you grow, right? Right. And then when I yeah, do have issues, the thing my go-to as well is just to pray to God about it because I know that God's not going to... I think the other big thing I get mm. frustrated about is like God's not going to smite you and no, knock not. you down with lightning bolt if you question Jesus, what's going on here? No, and And this is a relationship, right? I yeah. see it. If you're talking to your best friend and you say, hey, I don't like what you did right there. You need to explain stuff. Ask God. God's mm-hmm. not a silent God that doesn't tell you things, mm-hmm. that does not give you things, that does not give you any answers. Mm-hmm. Because me coming from very hippy dippy land, if I didn't get answers from Jesus, I would not be within the Christian faith. <laughs> I just wouldn't, right? Like, yeah. yeah, like if I got more out of meditation than praying, then I would have stuck stuck with meditation. But it's the right. fact that God always answers me mm-hmm. in ways that are most comfortable, also for me. Mm-hmm. That is the blessing of Jesus. But again. Beginning of the text. Don't jump in. Read for the entire passage. These are my advice. <laughs> that's that's wonderful advice. Thank you. <laughs> I did not I did not expect it to come out that way, but I appreciate it coming that coming out that way. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I can see we've we've got some good ground today. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good intro to just by reading the Bible and just getting used to reading the Bible and understanding that the word that the Bible itself does have a lot to offer anyone who comes to it to read it. Any broad painted strokes that you have that someone else has taught you about, you'll have to I think we've learned from this podcast, you just have to put it behind you and mm. forget about it and come in with a clean slate. And just figure it out for yourself. Because the best, the best uh, thoughts, the best questions I think I've ever interacted with or had in my time in ministry, teaching, and in any type of any capacity, both teaching and lecturing at the university or teaching students, 
who are in high school and you know undergrad is hey I read this and this and this but this did not make sense can you help me understand what's going on here with the text and why does this, why does the author insist on saying this thing each time uh, like my wife makes me happy each time Maya makes me happy each time when she says why does the Bible say that this person said this person was handsome or this person was beautiful why is this the point? It's such a random point. <laughs> it's such a random point. Why is this a thing that we have to know about? And and I look at her and just say, well, you know, there's handsome people. <laughs> there's beautiful people. But there's, th- <laughs> but there's a reason why they're attractive, right? Like, think of uh, yeah. David's son. Who am I thinking of? You're thinking of uh, Absalom. Yes. Absalom. Who has the gorgeous hair. Yep. But then he gets caught in a tree with his gorgeous hair. Yes, it's important to know how beautiful and luscious his hair is. Yes. So that way I understand that for later. Yeah. But it at helps the, you understand the plot points. But at the time period, I just think that we're just focusing on his hair a little too much, even though I'm sure it was luxurious. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you're not wrong. I don't think you're the only one who thinks that. Um, but yeah, I, I think we've gathered with this particular podcast that it is important to approach the text that way. Come in open-minded. Yes. Asking the questions. And figuring out for yourself, hey, what's going on in there? And remember, still moments of Jesus is open to questions. Yes. We appreciate having questions asked. We appreciate having all of you just taking time to just say, hey, we'd like to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So please feel free. Yes. Um, hey, we might not necessarily agree on everything, but that's fine. I don't think I've ever met any Christians who agree on any one particular topic the same. Yeah. You know, in the middle, in the middle, in the medieval ages, they 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 argued about how many angels could fit on a, on a needle, on yes. the tip of a needle. Yes, they did. So actually, trust me, they did figure that. It's not the first. It's <laughs> <laughs> not the first thing or the worst thing that could happen. Yes. Yeah, so if you are an atheist, if you are a Wiccan, yes. if you are a whatever and whoever you are. Yes, an absolute. What no matter what side of the aisle you're coming from, whether it be political, social, economic, yeah. we are here to answer your questions to help support you yeah. in your faith. To yeah. help support you in your call yeah. in the mission that God has put on your life. Yeah. Yeah. So and help you realize the full potential of what God has for you. According to what you've experienced in your life's journey, no matter where you're at, even at this very moment when you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. So please check out our we have a YouTube channel, we have TikTok, we by the have, same name. By, all by the same names. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook, but our main primary source is this podcast. So please feel to reach out if you want. We would love comments on just rating our podcast and what yeah. we can prove on. And we just Absolutely. hope and pray that you have a blessed rest of your morning, evening, afternoon, week. Absolutely. And may God be with you. Amen. <laughs> Amen.